it's not a case of either or, but both and. We get our regular wages, and once a year, we usually get some birthday presents. But there is a choice between a payday and a birthday, which faces every human being. A a choice between the wages we earn and a gift we are offered. However, in this case, there's no mystery at all about what the wages are and what the gifts are, for they're clearly described in the Bible, which Christians believe is God's Word. And I simply want to leave with you one verse from the Bible and speak briefly about it. That's briefly for me, for those who have not been here before. Just not too long. Now, these words are written by a man called Paul, who was a messenger of Jesus Christ, and he wrote this to the Christians, group of Christians living in the city of Rome. Now, this is what he said. He said, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I simply would like to compare and contrast these two options, these two choices that face us, and you need to make your choice. First of all, on the one hand, there is what is described as the wages of sin. Interesting this evening, the word sin and sins has come up a lot. And yet, I guess, out in the real world there, it's not a kind of word that we use very often, is it? Sin or sins. I guess most of us know it refers to wrong behaviour of some kind. And if that behaviour is something that's against the law of the land, we call it a crime. And anything else we tend to regard as less serious even if it is unacceptable and hurts people. So, for example, if you commit adultery, you will not be prosecuted by the state, even though some people, and by no means all, think that it's wrong. But in fact, adultery is a sin, because sin is defined not by the law of the land, but by the law of God. What God says is right and wrong. And if you want to come in the evenings, we've been waking our way through the Ten Commandments. And next, the reason this is on my mind, I'm already thinking a week ahead, is next Sunday evening, the topic is, you shall not commit adultery. And if you do, then you've committed a sin. But the problem of sin is actually more fundamental than even that, than simply committing some wrong acts. For example, I mentioned, and I'm almost embarrassed again to mention it, but I will do, as it's a good illustration, uh, Earlier this year, for the first time in over 30 years, I, ha- I hasten to emphasize, I-, I got done for speeding. Until then, I had a perfect driving record. I never, well, no, I was, I was going to say, I never sped in my life before. That's not true. I've never been caught speeding in my life before. And, and some of us think we're like that, that as far as God is concerned, you know, that we've got a pretty perfect record. We've never been caught out before. Uh, but now it's been spoiled by something we did that was wrong. But the problem is much deeper than that. Sin is not just to do with our actions, it's also to do with our attitude. And each one of us has an attitude problem towards God. We prefer and choose to go our own way rather than God's way. Uh, To go against what God says is right in His Word, the Bible. And even if we've never read the Bible, we go against what our conscience tells us is wrong. Even though it may be flawed. And the problem, if you're here this morning, we looked at, is it's even deeper than that. The problem lies in our very nature. We have a fatal bias towards doing what is wrong rather than doing what is right. Let me put it like this. I am not a sinner because I sin. 
I sin because I'm a sinner. And in this next chapter of the book of Romans that the verse comes from, in chapter 7, Paul, the man who wrote it, who was an incredibly religious man, I mean, he was the most upright guy you could ever wish to meet, who strove all he could do as a strict Jew to live and keep all of God's law, this is what he said. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good. I want to do what's good, but I can't carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. And he says the result is I've become enslaved by this this power within my nature. And he uses a familiar picture from the Roman Empire, uh, that of a slave owner or slave master. And he says human beings are enslaved to sin, to a life of sin. And the, uh, the irony of this is we break away from doing what God wants us to do because we want to be free. But in doing that, we find we become enslaved to sin, unable to break free from a downward spiral. And so he says, we end up in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness. It's a kind of downward spiral in life. And there is a cause and effect at work. You can't escape the consequences of living like this. I told a story a few weeks ago that's worth repeating. It illustrates this. I read it in a magazine two truckers were driving down a road in America late one evening and it was a quite deserted road and they came to a bridge across the road with a big sign on the top that said, warning, low bridge, 11 foot 3 clearance. And they stopped their truck and one of them got out with a measure and he measured the rig from top to bottom. It was 12 feet 6 inches. What should we do? He said to his friend. His colleague looked around and said, no sign of cops, let's risk it. Now, of course, we smile, but we only need to look at our lives, let alone our society, to see the effects of going against God's law. God didn't intend us to suffer wrecked trucks or wrecked lives. They're the consequences of going our own way. Sin the slave master pays his slaves wages. The wages he pays are death. The word translated wages here, the original word in the the Greek language in which the Bible was written, the New Testament anyway, referred originally to ration money that was given to soldiers. Here the idea is of pocket money given to slaves. And the wages this slave master pays is death. Now death doesn't just mean that at the end of life you stop breathing, the end of physical life. Rather, death means life without God and all that God intends for us, which starts here on earth when we turn away from God and becomes finalized when we leave this life at the end of life. That becomes our final destination. And this is a universal problem for everybody here without exception. A problem for everyone. So in this same letter to the Christians in Rome, I encourage you to read it. If you haven't got a Bible, we have to give you one. Paul says that all of us are aware what is right and wrong. And so he concludes, all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. The glory of God is his perfect character. And all of us, whether we think we've done mega things wrong or small things wrong, have fallen short of this standard. We're all in the same boat as far as God is concerned and the boat is sinking fast. And unless we change direction, this is our ultimate destination. The road of death leads to the final destination of death. The wages of sin is death. If you choose to live without God in this life, 
then that will be your ultimate choice and destination. The Bible calls it hell. It's a very popular term. It's one that Jesus talked about on many occasions. Now, thankfully, that's not the end of the road or the end of the story. For the verse contrasted with what it says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let me present you with the second option. Not the wages of sin, but the gift of God. And here's the contrast. Death is the wages that we earn, that sin pays the just penalty for going our own way. And God would be fully justified in leaving us to our just deserts. But instead, he offers us instead a gift. The gift of eternal life, what God offers. And just as death is more than physical death, but separation from God, when the Bible talks about this life, this eternal life, it means a restored relationship with God. The life we were made for. And eternal doesn't just mean something that lasts forever. It refers to the quality of life. One of the candidates uh, quoted Graham, John 10 verse 10. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, life in all its fullness. The kind of life that we were made for, that we've lost because we've rebelled against God. The word translated gift is literally gift of grace. Grace is a gift that we don't deserve. It's just the opposite of what we deserve, in fact. What we deserve is death. What God offers is life. The gift of eternal life which God offers is an undeserved gift. It's a gift we could never earn. All that we do, all that we earn results in death. As far as God is concerned, we're in debt and we're getting deeper and deeper in debt like those people who run up an enormous credit card debt and they can't even pay off the interest, let alone the sum of the debt that they started out with. We can never pay off what we owe. But what God offers is a gift we can never earn. A gift that is not only undeserved, but is a free gift. I want to say a third thing about this gift. Maybe a free gift, but it's not a cheap gift. Sometimes when we get those birthday Christmas presents, we wouldn't say it, but we kind of look at it and think, I wonder how much that costs. And that depends also on the person. A relatively inexpensive gift may have cost an awful lot for a person who has very little money. This gift is the most expensive gift of all. It was paid in blood. This gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God didn't leave us in the mess of our own making, but instead sent his Son into the world to rescue us from that mess. That's known verse in the Bible. John 3, verse 16, the one you see at all the sporting and special events. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, die, but have eternal life. God didn't just send his Son Jesus into our world sent him to a cross to take the punishment that we deserve the death that our sin deserves to become in, in our place bearing our sin so that we might be forgiven and receive this gift of eternal life and now we can be redeemed or rescued from this slavery of sin so in another letter written to Christians in the New Testament by Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, he reminds his fellow Christians, for you know it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed but with the precious blood of Christ. Jesus paid the price for the gift that God offers, the gift of eternal life. How do you receive this gift then? Well you receive this gift as you receive Christ. You receive him as your saviour. That means like those who have shared this evening of being baptised. You turn from your old way of life and you say I'm sorry I've lived my life against you God. I want to turn put my trust in Jesus who will save me from my sin 
but you also receive him, notice what it says, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You can't ask him to forgive you and then continue to live your life your own way. You can't serve, as Jesus said, two masters. It's Bob Dylan once saying, you've got to serve somebody. As you receive Jesus as Lord, allow him to live within you, to be your master instead of sin. It's a change of ownership. So you begin to live a life that is pleasing to God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God comes to live within you to help you to live the kind of life that's humanly impossible. An earlier verse in that same chapter in Romans says, Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, that's a downward spiral, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness. That's the upward spiral of becoming more like Christ. So let me finish, almost finished, with the question with which I began. What do you most look forward to? Your payday or your birthday? You see, there's a final payday coming for everyone. The wages of sin is death. But if you've had a birthday, then you need not fear for you've received the gift of eternal life. Life with God forever. And those who are being baptized, it's kind of like a birthday celebration today not the day, the day happened before, but this is the celebration of the day when they put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a kind of birthday celebration. Colin began our service by reminding us that there are celebrations in heaven before the angels of God, Jesus said, over one such birthday, when just one person puts their faith in Christ and turns from their sin. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And my prayer for today is that this might be a birthday celebration for someone else here. Maybe you've been living your own life, going your own way, your life's in a mess. Maybe outwardly nobody knows that. You look you kind of decent person, you know. But you know deep down the habits and the things that have gripped your life and are ruining and spoiling your life. And you wish you could be out of it. You think, if only there's a way. And you've maybe t- tried turning over a new leaf, making a new start, and, and it doesn't last. You think, if only there was a different way of life. There is a different way of life. There's a gift that God offers, the gift of God in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And many people here can testify to that. All the stories are different. But the basis is the same. Turning from your old way of life, putting a trust in Jesus. And I hope this will be a birthday celebration for someone here today. Maybe for many people here today. I hope and pray so. We're going to sing a hymn that uh, I think...